Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. That's oh, just what you've been waiting for, dears. Another episode of the Shy Life Podcast. Coming right up. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he said all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello campers, how are you? Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all... Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I heard a voice. <laughs> um, this... So it's a viewer's talking to you. <laughs> oh, goodness, this, this never happened before. Listeners, how are you? It's lovely to hear from you. I have to get... Uh, listeners, we've got a guest. <laughs> he might have worked that out by now. Um, hello, Nick. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Sorry. I. I must admit, I was the voice of the, the listeners, the collective voice of the listeners. I didn't know that was going to uh, on. On that. Yeah. Uh, it was me all the time. Well, but uh, it's kind of. It's I'm kind fine. Of thank you. Yes. It's kind of ironic because this episode is going to be um, about fiction, but also fiction within fiction, and I'll explain what I mean when we come back after the uh, the theme music. Let, after, After the, the break. break. Yes, let's <laughs> run the theme music and uh, we'll join you again in a minute. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. You don't want Paul now, do you? I'll go anywhere for a potato. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is is a little more abstract than usual. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I have to find out my secret. I think he has. Hello, Paul. 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 Hello, and we're back okay we are recording <laughs> yes, we are. um we're back yes <laughs> so let's let me try and think of a, ha, help me out if i don't go oh well, um, i'll try put, uh, yes, yeah. if i don't quite i think what we're going to be talking about this time we're going to be talking about the films that we did together which um most well the ones that you wrote or we wrote together yes uh, but, but but we're also going to talk about the fact that whilst we were making the films, I was making a film, but it wasn't a behind the scenes. Well, it was kind of behind the scenes, but it was usually it was also certain parts. So there were plots going on. So there were two layers of fiction within fiction. Um, it, you were multitasking. Let's face it, before was. it was even trendy. Well, um, you, you often hear actors say, "Oh, you know, when I'm not, you know, you're sitting around in the green room, you know, not <laughs> for hours waiting for you to be called." And, and um, that's kind of, you know, when I wasn't needed, um, that was primed. I, you know, I had other actors uh, hovering around. Some of them were very good friends that I, um, who were who were part of the Sutton Park cast, and I could 
I could draw them in. Uh, and, and um, uh, well, I'll tell you about some of those things, but we'll also be telling you the story, um, the stories of some of these films as well. And we've got clips. Nick's chosen some nice clips. Yay! Um, I've, been, I've, I've had a week off this week, so I've, I've been able to have a little tinker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I can find some Sutton Park clips of, of an example of what I was doing when I wasn't on set, then um, I'll, we'll also have those two. But, uh, yeah, um, but we'll, prob- we'll probably get Cuthbert to introduce those because he's best at doing that. So, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. And, 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 and although I don't want to speak um, ill of, 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 of um, Sniffy Martin, who also does the archives, he, he he's not very good at precise dates, whereas Cuthbert tends to get the precise... But not that I'm putting Martin out of a job, but it's useful to have everybody working in the archives, you know, different times. But anyway, um, so where should, should, where should, where should we start? Should we? Well, I'm, I, I'm going sort of with my own personal history, rewinding a little bit. Um, I was in oh, right back to the 70s with me, I suppose. Um, I've always wanted to be... Um, on you know produce something that's appeared on tv or so, as as such um and um you know i used to pretend cameras uh, pretend crisp boxes were cameras and i used to pretend i was broadcasting from my space hopper when i was a kid but i i would have loved to have had cine film and everything and video and of course um in i've, I've been writing uh since i was seven years old and uh, with the magnet editor uh, which we've mentioned before and and uh, all these things but uh, it was only really seemed likely uh, that it was going to come to fruition when um, you, you you got your video camera in 1991 um now uh, it, it's one of those great questions if you had your time again what would you know what would you change what would you do um for me it would be um, I would bloody buy a video camera about the same time as you did. I would have played devil's advocate to you um, because um, the the times over the next eight or so years before I got a video camera um, where I had to borrow, I, I won't say big borrow to one, but I, I had to borrow one uh, from yourselves or Elaine or anyone that was going. And I thought, well, it's stupid, you know. I, yes, I was on minimum wage, but I, I wasn't without means, you know. I was still living at home. Um, and I really should have got... Because um, then we would have had two and, you know, we could have done loads. But you, st- you um, started out by doing the beaches uh, videos, which I took part in. And, um, I, I, you know, it did formulate that, oh, we could, you know, we, we could do some some films, you know, of, uh, of some kind of production. And I even kind of did a thing called The Inside Man, which you might even vaguely remember, uh, which was a kind of a, a, a quasi, a, a sort of anti-superhero. A, a guy who worked in the TV archives that could sort of transport himself into archive footage. And uh, he, uh, 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 although he had these superpowers, he was a grumpy old sod, and um, and uh, I and he didn't want to do it, you know. And he he was kind of, you know, you've got to do this as part of your job, you know. Otherwise, you you've got the boot. And um, and I've quite how we would have done it. I have the faintest idea, but um, the, the the listeners probably won't won't be a hundred percent as interested. I can always chop this out anyway. But um, when we've been digitising. Um, have have we come across the master tapes of? Because you know better than I do. Because there's so much I haven't even gone through yet. But do we have the master tapes of the stuff bef- 
the beach, the actual raw material of the beach sketches. I'm sure that I, 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 in the in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm sure more must exist because you're not the sort of person that throws stuff out. No, um, no um, you're probably I there have, somewhere. We have indeed found some raw footage. Maybe, maybe it's more in a condensed area than I, than than we thought, and you know, it's it's more on the tape. But yes, there is has been some raw material from. Um, uh, from beaches that has been recovered, and also, uh, also should, it's all been digitalised. Yeah. Um, I should have, I should have, I should have had tapes of mm. my retaliators movies as well. Yes, uh, it's all, somewhere. Yeah, yeah they've I mean, been I, they've been found. It's I think the do you know I can't, <laughs> it's all but but I certainly stuff from that as early as yeah. uh, 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 that early is is yeah. has, has come to light and we've it's been digitalized um i've um uh, you know when we did the uh, we try uh, we even just before the um videos because elaine did videos of her own as well yeah. before she knew us and i uh, keith and i saw that and we, I, I got very excited about the possibility of doing some teaming up and doing films with people um and um we kind of tried to do that with um series blake seven a uh, blake seven's we ended up being a spoof. I think the intention originally was actually to do it as a sensible story, but it just, uh, you know, um, it, I uh, my philosophy with the film is you don't know you don't know what you can't do until you do it, um, and it, when you do it, you think, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. That was, you know, that was kind of completely outside our sphere of possibilities, and um, yeah. Because so, I wouldn't have done. I wasn't doing anything behind the scenes on that because I didn't no. have a camera then. Uh, the funny thing is, um, when I was doing, when I was doing some part behind the scenes, our friend Andy was doing more traditional behind the scenes often. Of the yeah. so the so the although my stuff is useful for behind the scenes point of view and a certain part point of view, we also would have have, have had Andy doing something which yes you know, um, yeah and also, also I mean this was uh, Andy did the st- Andy really, very come up, kept, very much came on board when we started doing the films regularly, um, whereas in the early nineties I think we were we were sort of batting around the idea of of doing one the Blake Seven thing came out a bit hokey but. It was. It was even though it wasn't. It wasn't a story of lasting value. Um, I. It was good. A good crack, and I think maybe uh, you know. And also, you got to know David Aldridge, who then went on to do Retaliators a year later, which was a sort of spoof of the Avengers, which we both were appeared in, and um, I think slowly but surely the kind of the want to do more um, certainly came up. I certainly had a ball with. Series E. I mean, obviously, I had a bigger ball with things that were to come. But and of course, then you got the camera. Then we got the invite to to go to um, Tamworth to do the Retaliators, which w- was really the first time it opened my eyes as to what you could do with the sheer brass nerve of of you know because with he had these moving walls that killed people and which um, he were made of uh, car uh, was like a. a hardboard thing with um the wallpaper covered in it you know to, to brick wallpaper and just being able to do cheeky little um effects like that with a, a, a and you've got the story that keep it long as long as you don't do something absolutely stupid uh, that's visually impossible um it opened my and but the thing is that was shot over two weeks with three four potential stories 
and I, I did one week. Unfortunately, I, I don't think it was the intention to do it two weeks, but I was unable to do um, the week that Elaine was, and we were playing sidekicks. Um, and I think with that, I and by that time you were you were well on the way with uh, beaches and all the sketches things that you were doing, including uh, additional things for retaliators um, with your your character. My what my one of my few times where I actually was being behind the scenes, I did a quite big documentary of the two weeks of making the retaliators, mm. um, including all of them, you know, having fun <laughs> outside mm. of filming. So that's quite uh. a nice uh, nice um, document in itself. Yes, and it was a it was a nice setup. Um, um, at the time, I you know, with hindsight, yeah, it would have been better if Elaine and I had been together. But at the time, uh, we had we had been in item during ninety one, and we'd split up. Uh, now we're still good friends, and we're still good friends to this day. But maybe I was a little bit when we did retaliate. Maybe I was still a little bit raw um, to be working alongside her. I know that sounds a bit silly with hindsight, but um, but anyway, um, I all the techniques he used and all the sort of little things with just to sort of basic equipment. I think it was a great inspiration to me, and and I really kind. I suppose the only thing that niggled me is I really wanted to do one of my own and and really get started. And you, meanwhile, our first collaboration together. Um, I had to say, Sutton Park started. Yeah, I don't know if you said something. Well, a couple of things I wanted to say was that because I went to university very close to David, um, I, I kind of... Well, the reason I really started doing Sutton Park was that Sutton Park was a sketch, um, a sort of spoof soap on the sketch show of Beaches. But in my back of my mind, I realised that I was going to be at university and I, I, you know, I'm not the sort of person necessarily where I, I don't like joining. I mean, um, with I wouldn't have just thrown myself into a big group of strangers. I, I like to pick the ones that I think, oh, he's a he's a somebody I click with. He's somebody I I tend to ha- like. You know, it's different with our Doctor Who group because we all have the doc- Doctor Who in common. And, yeah. And, and, but um, I mean, I didn't go in halls of residence, so I wasn't going to be in that situation. I was going to be. Um, in, in a in a house by myself, so I, I I you know you don't when you go to university you don't have lectures every single day you might have a couple of days off you know there's always going to be time to do stuff so um, I deliberately lived close to this real place called Sutton Park and I, in the back of my mind I was thinking well I, I'll somehow you know I didn't realise I was going to be making as many as I did and I also hoped that David would take part more than he did um, and I also had problems with my, my video camera around that time. But it was, Sudden Park was kind of a, well, this is a little project to do. This is something to get me out of the house when I'm not at university. And, uh, and it gives me, you know, a bit, a bit, of, some, a bit of something creative. Um, uh, that's you know. the other thing. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, obviously, um, we're quite, uh, the viewers, quite, uh, well, listeners are quite familiar with Sutton Park. But I'm, I wonder how many of them, uh, perhaps the more floating ones, uh, realise that Sutton Park actually really does exist. It's a real place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and in fact, I, I was due to be going back um, a, a month or two ago, had, had we not been in lockdown, because listeners were still in lockdown. Or, we are. Or, um, mostly we are. And um, 
Yeah, so so I haven't been I haven't been to the Grasshopper Park for about ten years, and, and he'll be, he'll be ele- uh, he'll be at least eleven before I do it this spring. But, uh, it's um, depressing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yes, so so with our, with our first project, um, that was a Sutton Park related project. I I I don't I don't remember perhaps doing. I'm sure I did do stuff behind the scenes but no. I don't think I did much, well, I, much uh, as I did in some of them no I think it was actually physically impossible um, yeah. going back a little bit in uh, 1992 when you were getting used to the camera at the same time um, you had started because you, you always had a project on the go uh, with with writing and you were still although the writing sort of tailed off to, uh, for, a, for a wee while because of the filming um, you were still writing very much at the beginning of 92 uh, and of course the poems later on and um, you you started a an ongoing story called on old graham wrinkley which um i contributed two chapters to it was like a like a prose book um which we passed around each other harry fulton did some um yeah. robin. Uh, robin archer did some and lee freeman who's very familiar yeah. to some part let's watch viewers as as yeah i feel like that was we were the main that was the main people we all did about two episodes each or something like that we did because um, I think didn't Lee do his back to back his episodes were back to back or something so we didn't because he was the I one that was so, furthest yeah. away yeah. but I think what, what happened there was, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I was at the time I go through periods where I'm really kind of chewing at the bit to get a new project done um, about five years ago I was in the same boat you know I was kind of in between projects or th- th- I was involved in certain things were taking a very long time like my Magnet Memories book but the thing is with, back then I was I was only doing I was I was only doing one life after a year really um, and I'd been in a quite involved relationship at the time and, and um, so it was a real joy to get my teeth into this thing and you created the characters of Bill and Bernie Old, who were the sort of lead investigative characters in it. And I, you said afterwards, you know, that was good. Should we do another one together? Um, just the two of us, um, which, of course, I, I said yes to. Um, and now with that... Um, was, 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 it partly, t- was, was it partly because there was still like half of the book the book that we were writing in there was still nice yes ch- i think it was almost like let's fin- let's finish <laughs> the story right. off and, and yes, do another story at the back of the book yeah old graham winkley had taken up the uh, exactly half the book and i think uh, the idea was let's let's fill the other half with the, with the with the sequel story although it wasn't a sequel because you know just another adventure with bill and bernie and um of course at the time uh sutton park was was a, a rising star um so uh, and and you, you could have married the two together and had them pack them off to Sutton Park now at the time I think you had serialized old Graham Wrinkley on because we were doing audio messages to each other um and to Elaine in fact I, I didn't stop doing audio messages to Elaine until about 2007 um and I, I think you had she had said to you after I think one or two chapters oh, why don't we do a film of this? Because I think there was, you know, it was still very much a thing. And um, I said, that's a great idea, but 
you've got spontaneous internal combustion by chapter two. You know, I, I, I think <laughs> CGI wasn't, I don't think it was in its infancy at that point. I don't think it would have been a very good idea to have t- attempted it. And none of our actors were prepared to spontaneously combust for the project. No, none of our actors were prepared to crash and burn. Um, but, and, and, you know, we were on the phone and, and you said, and I said, you know, she had said this to me and 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 it's it's not actually physically possible because we did inc- we did some pretty spectacular things in that particular story and um and you said well why don't we write one that we can do and and instantly i thought Ooh, you know and and here we are with our writing pens you did a chapter i did a chapter and we we i mean if we did it now as we know uh we're, we're sort of fast forwarding to 2000 and 16 uh we did a similar you write one i write one you write one and of course the internet um and of course not the need not to actually you know we put it in uh, with our second story which we just finished the woman of no reason uh woman of all four reasons sort of <laughs> um it was it, you didn't have, it was a script to start with so you didn't need to adapt it but we were adapting it as we went as well so you adapted your bit i adapted mine but of course no internet no phones or anything um i think when when we there was a bit of script where I felt ah right no um, it's kind of not really that's not quite what I meant and you you had gone on your uh, a long walk to Wales with uh, with <laughs> Andrew Reid and you were uncontactable for ten days um, so I go and um, I, I mean we did set ourselves a very tight budget but we didn't know what the norm was nobody knew what the norm was uh, or what we could achieve in a certain amount of time we gathered together my then girlfriend was going to do it but we split up so um lisa parker who was very known to people for around the archives now um was a pen friend of mine at the time and i said do you want to do this and she learned the script in two weeks which was still being i think we were still working on it about two weeks before um but the, the, yeah the, the, in, that was 1993 yeah this is the yeah this is the project with the legendary um um I, 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 anything, when we asked for whether we could film there they said uh, <laughs> are people going to keep their clothes <laughs> on <laughs> i think we've mentioned that on the show yeah. before <laughs> um yeah i mean i wanted to do it as as best i could as best we could as best you know uh, uh, allowing for the the limitations that we had um now with that um uh, I wanted we well, I wanted to film at Pepperbox Hill because I'd always been a bit obsessed with it, and also um, yeah, we'd done Sutton Park up there. I think we did many recces, uh, and you will find uh, if you ever come across folks, if you ever come across the episodes with the dinosaurs, um, that was that was basically a lot of that was Sutton Park recce. So there's some footage that exists of recce, the, the recce stuff. And um, yeah, I expect, the... yeah, I expect in that in that case, um, rather than doing filming during the production because we were using the camera for the production, uh, it was probably things like the recce where we did Sutton Park stuff. <laughs> That's exactly um, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we uh, it wasn't because phys- um, I mean, I suppose I we ha- we came across with two approaches. I mean, you, you kind of. Did, doing it you know sort of we, we we were all learning a script and everything but i suppose i i kind of 
sort of was a keen on getting everybody knowing what they were doing and um yeah there was there were there were times when we slightly differed about what what should go uh, and what should stay if you know if our back was against the wall uh, but it was an interesting exercise um and at the end because we yeah i played the other thing i didn't want to really do is 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 be in it because um i i kind of wanted to to be behind the camera more but um harry was going to be a character in it and he went to Ro he was he was booked to go to rome around that time so i we got in a friend of Andrew Candish's, uh, who was playing one of the parts in it, had been one of the old gang from Rafe Shift, and uh, he he knew a person called Gareth Brownbill, who I'd seen in West Side Story a couple of years before, and thought was very very good actor. And I felt because this was deliberately, uh, it was just sort of like an advert. I I, I think I sort of put in the idea of this advert that was being filmed and it it had been being filmed refilmed refilmed since the 70s because these people were in a kind of like not quite a time loop but in the in a sort of groundhog day thing and um i got the idea from that was when tina my then girlfriend and i were on uh, bristol temple mead station and we walked smack into um a crew that were filming an advert and i thought well, what if this advert becomes um uh, very famous and and you know sort of we, we were almost walking into smack into this piece of history and um and we thought that that gave me the idea of them bill and bernie kind of boom, you know and there were some various and they the the we the, it was set in 1986 i think that was your idea um i mean i i like 1986 anyway it was a good year so um i was very happy to to, to do think, that i think the main the main um thing that we needn't we, we probably didn't need to have worried about was that we were a bit we we got um well because bill and bernie were supposed to be reti sort of retirement age and so you've got two people in their 20s play and, and, and i don't think we needed I, if we did it now you just wouldn't care about that you just have it about a couple who were in the park they didn't need to be old just because they were old in the in the store in the story i don't um, think for one moment i actually kind of stopped and thought uh, are we going to do some makeup on this? Because it was just uh, we we had set the bar so high uh, on our, on this our first one. Um, that, you know there was this, cause I, and I and I was wanting definitely to get some quite high. It was quite high concept really because um, it wasn't as such. I, I've always considered it a, a Sutton a Bill and Bernie story with Sutton Park in it rather than a Sutton Park film as such because it wasn't really representative of the series. You know, you you didn't have no. plastic monsters. You didn't. No, uh, you, could watch, you could watch it and without knowing anything about. Sutton yes, Park. exactly. Um, so yeah, I I really do think um, it was it was that way round. Um, so, and yeah, I, yeah. We didn't age. We didn't even try to age or something. We didn't stick it. In the end, we didn't stick anything in. in like, there was no point with no doing that, really. Yeah, I think it was more of a case of just there was so many other things to think about. Um, we just, I think we 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 referenced them as old from beginning to end, but uh, we we uh, and that because we were so busy pushing the production together, we didn't really kind of even stop to think about that. Um, it, it, remi it reminds me of um, well, we didn't do this, but um, but Harry Rob Harry Robin and I, it wasn't even it was for beaches or or, or um, uh, like a mini like 
spoof horror film we did called Semi Detached House of Hell. Oh, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a, a deliberately silly bit where I'm supposed to be so scared my hair turned white, and all I did was go in and put loads of talcum powder <laughs> uh, in my hair, and 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 and, and, and partly because it's windy, and partly well, we it, it was part of the joke that I was going, oh my hair's turned white, and, 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 and <laughs> billows of talcum powder coming out of my hair. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, that, was very, that was very much channeling a sort of acorn antiques aesthetic <laughs> of, of tacky, tackiness. I think that I think the main problem, uh, I mean, well, not probably the main difference between us is, you know, um, I think I saw it as a huge, huge opportunity to do something, uh, although with lots of humour in it um, that could be potentially quite dramatic and high concept and things like that um so maybe i had a bit of an arty more of an arty party kind of um agenda um with it and um i you want it, it when you're setting the bar that high you you learn the hard way there's no two ways about it um, you have a different you have a different um a background with your acting in that you've done or formal acting on stage um whereas i've i've done a lot of acting but it's mostly ad lib or learning your scripts uh, so i have learned scripts but, um, I, but, then, I, but then you've got the you, you already had done a lot of that so you had a that to bring to it as well although well, I, th- I i think i was a bit hamstrung by the fact that um i it was actually um i didn't actually turn in a very good performance because my mind was always on the production and um, what we're going to do next um so i i i don't feel that i did a very good job on that and um but gareth uh came in i think why one of the reasons gareth kind of stayed on and did some more films with us is he was such a good sport he he really did um play the game and st- uh, he was prepared and y- you do have a lot of hanging around if you've got a scripted thing and it's going to you've you you've got to do go do it in a certain amount of time it yeah he, there is a lot of things to get in there and um the 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 upshot was we um we we did run out of time and certain things were compromised but i was i can't begin to tell you how into it i was and how i got such a buzz of creating this thing you know sort of we created these characters and suddenly bush you know our friends are helping them bring them to life and and it was a laugh as well uh, but I think at the end, when we we thought we were relieved about getting it all in the can, um, but again we um, came away from the production with um, different kind of ideas, uh, 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 different ideas of it. Not so much stylistically as I felt. Mm, you know, we'd we uh, we'd kind of trodden on each other's toes. We'd trodden on other people's toes. Um, maybe the cost to people's kind of <laughs> well-being or co- co- cost to people, you know, sort of good goodwill uh, might be might be too high. So I really did come away with that, thinking that was going to be it. You know, that was a one-off. You know, we uh, and it wasn't going to be done again. And when we, I think we we were we were in. Uh, at your 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 home your your parents' place, putting it all together, and I am you you're kind of very upbeat and there's right. What should we do next? And I thought, oh right, you know, and, and I I thought it it everybody had kind of been a bit drained by this and and a bit fraught by this. So, and I thought, well, you know, if there's another one, oh, you really want to do another one? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of let's do it. The thing is, by the summer of '93. 
I'd kind of got over... Well, there was still one more hitch to come with my technology. I had problems with my video camera in the autumn of 93 where, where I needed to get a new charger, basically. But some of these things weren't quite... A, you know, there was nobody there saying, oh, that's what the problem is, this is what you do. You know, I, there, was no, there was no Amazon. I didn't know where I got a replacement charger from. Um, whereas, so, but I had had problems earlier in the year, and, and the summer was the kind, kind of... Well, things are, you know, in the beginning of the summer, I was, when I was doing that walk you mentioned, that was around episode 100. Mm. And then by, and then I think um, prison happened somewhere between 100 and 150. And then by 150. That was the was film off. about prisoners. You, won't, you didn't go to prison. No. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not admitting something. Um, so, sorry, sorry, listeners, this is just um, our, 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 our friendship slang for our productions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then by by the by the late by perhaps August '93, that's when I went to Jersey in the Channel Islands with my brother and did a really lot of. You know, that was one of the first holidays I had where I was had like a, a, a location and we were doing stuff like yeah. was able to do stuff like making it look like Graham had been washed out to sea and, and we even did a we did a fight scene where he was hypnotized or I was hypnotized and I was trying to drown him in a swimming pool and I was taking the video camera in the swimming pool not obviously not underwater but so, so I was really in the full swing of what I, you know things were finally working and this is what I can do with Sutton Parks so I was probably generating quite a lot of episodes so uh, equally so um I probably that probably didn't occur to me that we wouldn't do another scripted one as as as, as I was really into into filming. Yeah, of, of all I'm, sorts. I, I suppose also I I I know that I was into it, but I I knew that you were busy on Sutton Park, and I really wasn't quite sure um, how what committed is the work. Yeah, how 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 much this um, floated your boat really? Um, it, it, you know, as as in compared to Sutton Park. Um, Obviously, it wasn't as satisfying as Sutton Park for you because, of course, that was that gave you, a, a, you know, there, there wasn't any kind of restrictions. Um, but no, I, I've, I just, I wasn't a hundred percent sure um, where, how, how you felt about it, really. But you, were, you, you, it was your idea to do another one, so yeah, I, I said, oh yes, please, yeah. And um, I, I said, although the ones, although the ones that I did in '94 were ad lib ones because um i i i was i was working i was on my unit i was at university but i was also working um uh back at salisbury but yeah i i wasn't really in i wasn't really in a right because no. i was writing essays and doing that's right I, so my two were ad libbed and your two were scripted and they took a life of their own anyway that's right i think we're again uh, the other thing if i had my time again was to actually get some kind of a a, a computer because i mean that would because you were you had the computer at the time uh the trouble is i think because you know there were two things i you know i was you know because I, th- I think that's right i remember now uh with the what the, the second film we did was an anthology we uh the eventually called traitors of twilight reality where three four different stories and you wrote two and i wrote well you did two and i did two uh that was the idea and um you you I'd gone to the loo, I remember, during editing, and you came back and said, whilst you've been away, I've had a great idea. Let's do a a sort of Tales from the Crypt kind of um, Vault of Horror kind of anthology thing. Um, And I do, I remember, I remember very much you kind of said, go to the toilet again, I might have another idea. (laughs) Brilliant. And um, yeah, and I, I sort of went away and had a little think, and I said, there's two 
just two things um, here. Uh, one is, if we're going to do another one, can we do it not just some, uh, on the basis of Sutton Park? Can we can we do it sort of so we can do it anywhere? Uh, you know, not not particularly linked to Sutton Park. And the other thing was. Uh, a sort of greater communication as far as the scripts went but that that was academic in the end because I went away and wrote two that's um, An Evil Trophy and Tide of Freedom um, and also I wanted to get other directors in although ironically one of my films was filmed whilst I was in Birmingham and it actually has a scene in the real Sutton Park yes. which I'm not sure I'm not sure the Prisoner in the Sun had any no. real footage <laughs> in, indeed when I was when I was writing my bits uh, for Prison in the Sun, I'd never been to Sutton Park. I'd never actually been myself. Um, it, I didn't go for another two years. There's a scene in Keepsake, which is my, the story I did, which Kerry, my university friend, was in. But there's a there's a cameo from our friend Phil, where he where he drops the th the Keepsake, and that was filmed in Sutton Park during one of during another Sutton. No, we would have been, we would have been in the park. We would have been in the park filming Sutton Park, and I would have said to Phil, "Oh, I also need you to do this little scene for this other thing I'm doing." So. Do you know? I don't think uh, I've ever known that. Um, I, 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 well, I, I had no idea Sutton Park, and we do, we've done the commentaries for the DVDs of that. Um, and, but uh, I think with that, um, I yeah. So we had two different stories to work on. Um, again, you were saying that you you didn't really have a lot, of, a great deal of time, so yours were more ad libbed, but. They were kind of planned ad lib, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keepsake yeah. was um, Kerry was quite he 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 was quite directorially minded. Yes, he, he was. Yeah. And yeah. he was in it, and you were in it, and um, and that was the first one to be shot. Um, we then did I I did a story called Evil Trophy, which is all about a council worker who finds himself almost hexed by uh, the local sort of Tory bigwig um, you don't know she says it was Tory but they, uh, it was very much based on the kind of politicians that were in Salisbury that were very hoity-toity and and uh, with the with the flunkies and um, I wanted to set it in London because to sort of get away uh, to get a, a contrast as the rural setting, rural setting we had for Prison in the Sun and Andy was, uh, your, uh, well, your pen friend Andy uh, got to know me then and watched Prison in the Sun and, and wanted to get involved. So he, we, I, even though Andrew Candish uh, was pestering me to direct, I knew that sometimes his temperament, it, his temperament can rub people up the wrong way, but I eventually worn down and um, I gave him Evil Trophy to direct. And also it was based a little bit on my mum, because my mum's very keen on gardening and she, she was, she was her allotment. She, she, she got thrown out of her allotment because she was doing organic gardening, which was interpreted by the powers that be as as a neglect. And it wasn't. It was, it was as particularly. And you hardly ever saw my mum angry or upset, but she was really quite. And I felt I, I drew from that kind of a little bit from the and um, we had a bit of I, I, because of the vault of horror kind of link. I, I, I did a super, I made it very supernatural. Um, but then again, I thought, you know, is he, or, or it'd be even better if we had a sort of more basic kind of human story for my next one. Because I didn't know what the next one was going to be. Um, and I wrote I would have written that at the beginning of 94 and 
uh, towards the end of 1993, uh, I got the idea of doing a story set by the seaside. When we went, to, I think you and I went to Weymouth, actually. I think you might have been with me at the time. And um, uh, that became, well, what I originally called Orphan, but then I gave that to Keith Musselwhite, um, and he, he went for direct. And um, we kind of kicked the ball about, and um, we drew the name out of a hat. We, we drew several names into a hat. Uh, by chance, Tide of Freedom was pulled out. Um, and that was, yeah, we got, I, again, it was the same cast, only redressed. But I got one of, because... Um, the girl who we I, there was a character called Adele, who I'd had to recast three times. We were going to originally use my friend uh, Rebecca Hain, um, which she she kind of yes and 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 then got cold feet. Then uh, we I rewrote the part as a kid's sister because um, my friend Tracy's uh um, little sister was going to do it and she dropped out. And then um, Lisa's. Lisa's niece was going to do it and she dropped out so in the end I got one of the studio theatre people um, uh, called Nikki Jones to do to do the part and she was a, she was a bit too old to play this kind of junior character who because she was actually a um, the character was supposed to be considerably younger than um, uh, Lisa's character but she wasn't she was actually she was actually older than Lisa um, so it's, it, it sort of unraveled a little bit in that respect um but and also keith and i i mean we we have a very long and uh close friendship um but i think the fact that he he's a great perfectionist and i think he he did want to do a good job but um i kind of if there were points where my story wasn't perhaps coming across uh you know i, I would sort of try to explain and 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 i think sometimes that explanation came across as interference and we we butted heads a little bit and we did a massive day there was on the sunday because we did it in about th the main part in about three days and there was a, a massive day we did absolutely we did about 12 hours or something and um on the beach and uh the light was going and we were all getting on each other's nerves and it was it was it was a like a bit like trophy when the uh, because Andrew Candish wanted to do take after take of things and, and we were running out of time. And time was always a thief when it was the scripted stuff. And um, we, I, it, it, Keith hadn't put the script, you know, thing together and, and years later we remade it because uh, Troby and Lisa asked me to remake it um, because from the technical point of view and from the writing point of view, I, I, but Keith was a little bit upset about that, but we've since worked on the DVD of the original and we've kind of patched up a few things. But, yeah, Tide of Freedom. I want to ask you in a minute to... to um, uh, so, but before we get to the next stage of the episode, I, I'll, I'll just mention what my other story was. Please do, uh, yeah. But, 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 then there's, but then there's something that I think I want you to take the lead on because you, uh, Nick's done some preparation for us list, uh, listeners. So, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, saying how you didn't, you know, you didn't realise that... Uh, Going back to um, keepsake, you didn't realise that that scene was in Sutton Park. No. Well, the, a lot of a lot of the rest of it was done outside in that out, um, outside my house, the house where I was living, and, and in somewhere in Kerry's bedroom and the lake outside of our our house. And then um, the the other one we did, which you were involved in, yeah, um, curiouser, we did in Salisbury, and then with a little bit with my brother whilst I was on holiday in Wales. Um, there's a scene. There's a scene with my brother, um, 
um, or was that in Cur- No, that's in Curie. That's in no, that's in Keepsake. Uh, that's in Keepsake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. there's a bit. So, so yes, um, so you know, the, yeah. So my brother's in Keepsake, and, and that scene was done whilst we were in in Wales, um, uh, in a in a in a bit a, a bit of house with a big garden. Uh, so it looks quite grand. We've <laughs> got a big budget for this one scene, but uh, <laughs> uh, curious. Uh, we did all around Salisbury, and um, you, 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 Harry, and Robin, and I. Were, yes, were and I tell you, uh, from the point of view of uh, someone who had sort of not, uh, you know, done the scripts and things like that. Um, although I don't regret scripting, and and it was nice to have that structure. Um, it was actually quite nice to come on to Curious uh, and um, actually work with something that where um, I didn't I, I was actually acting because um, I actually find acting more relaxing than I do um, production. Um, and so what we had what with uh, so coming on and also I was playing quite a sinister character, uh, which was great because uh, I, I don't I don't get even baddies or semi-baddies or disgruntlies um you know not so much as a sort of there's no tea in my coffees um you know and so it was nice to play this kind of sinister character and i because um production on tide had been a bit turbulent and we didn't know whether we were getting nikki back and we were going to have or nikki at all at one point and we were going to have to um possibly re-record it with a new character called Dave the Bouncer. So I grew a beard, a very large beard, the biggest, probably the biggest beard I've had since um, late last year. And um, I thought, oh, yes, we'll, we'll play this, you know. And um, I think I actually look rather good in, in Curious, because I, I kind of finished work. I got into a suit. We went to... And it wasn't... I have to say, it wasn't total ad-lib, because it was rehearsed ad-lib. It was yes, very much... Yeah. Um, mm. we, we rehearsed things and things like that. Um, but, that's I, how, but that's how I used to do... When I was at school and we did our, yeah. our assemblies where yeah. we, we did dramas, it was always rehearsed ad-lib. Um, <laughs> I have a, I have a, some, I have fond memories of Curious because obviously, you know, although writing is my first love, acting, I, 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 I really love, and um, I, working, it was nice working with the, the, the sort of, the, the dynamic duo of, of the earliest, earliest Sutton Parks because you've got, you've got um, Harry and Robin, of course, Harry I've known since all his life. Um, but it was nice to be able to work with them on a one-to-one basis, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, Robin was playing the lead character, and we had a scene where he was recruiting me. No, he, I was recruiting him to look for my cousin in it, who was played by Harry. And, um, and of course, I'm not. I don't quite have your capacity uh, for ad-libbing. So I was we were ad-libbing some of the dialogue, so we knew exactly, you know, pretty well what we were going to say. And um, I, you know, I was trying to convey to uh, Robin's character that I was, um, I was looking for this, and I was very worried about him, and he 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 hadn't appeared for a while. And I said, I've been very worried about him. He's been disappearing for the last few weeks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the next thing I know, I look, we look to one side, and you were Harry are on the floor, the ground, laughing because you could just imagine Harry kind of slowly fading away yeah. like the Invisible Man. Yeah. Is, is, that, <laughs> is that the only time that our friend, who listeners would have heard in Sutton Park clips, is that the only time that Lee was in one of our more scripted or more adlib, mm. you know, film? Because he he played, a, I forgot yes. that he played a yeah. he played a, a character in that. But is that he the did. Only time, is that the only yeah. time he ever appeared in anything you did? Yes, it was. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> 
Um, I didn't actually... Obviously, I've appeared with him many times in Sutton Park, but um, I didn't actually have a scene with him. But, he, yeah, he was really, really good. And, of course, I wanted him a year later for another production, which I'll get to later. And um, because he was actually... He wanted. He was one of these people that wanted to get to know you first before he worked with you. He wanted to get your your. He get the measure of you and kind of see if you were kind of his kind of person. You were going to work well with him. Um, so I regret not being able to. The circumstances weren't quite right for me to. But I did try and get him for 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 one of mine. Um, but yeah, the, he was in that and and there was a, the last scene was done in my bedroom. And um, I think, again, I was waffling on about um, this, this revelation at the end. And I, I said, haven't you noticed it's the full moon? And I point at the full moon and it looks like I'm pointing at Harry. And you imagine Harry kind of mooning. <laughs> it, it, was the, it was the most blunt, because right at the end, it's, you're, you're basically about to, you're both about to eat Robin, basically. Yeah. And... Uh, and um, um, yeah, he was very tough. Most, most bloodless. Uh, <laughs> most bloodless. Very PG. Bloodless very P- ba- werewolf PG, film yeah. ever, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah but it was enormous. I, you know, I, I, I would have. I, I still. Uh, the first opportunity, I, I, I love um, getting involved in things like that still. Because so um, it, it was, as I say, um, it was a nice thing to do, especially after the. Uh, sort of rather traumatic not traumatic but uh, the rather fraught moments of the the other scripting uh, the scripted ones so yeah I'm, I was it was it was absolutely cool to do the what I was up to behind the scenes of your two um, we Keith had been paying pretty much just Keith that's right um, yeah. it, it, you know in Sutton Park but um, during the recording behind the scenes of Evil Trophy uh, he was um bumped off by one of the baddies um and then by the time we did tide we'd come up with this plot line where elaine missed him so much that it it brought him back into reality even though he wasn't there anymore so he then became a character that everyone was able to interact with but it was all uh, um uh, elaine's imagination and i think eventually she left the show for a bit to to go to this imaginary world where so she could be with him full time (laughs) Oh, Blair. Um, it's quite a sweet... When you think about it, it's quite a sweet plot line, really. And, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, out of necessity, but it was actually quite a, a, a but sweet... But I remember, I remember going, you know, we had to go down, like, some dark, dark alley in the centre of London while she were doing... And, and I had this glowing stick, which was supposed to belong to Katrina Hortensia or somebody, and, and that sort of murdered um, poor old Keith. And, uh, but, and, and uh, I think that was the first time I was... Where I kind of realised, oh, you can get up to all sorts of interesting things with, you know, behind the scenes. And I know, I think it might, it might have even been, I think it might have been Evil Trophy Two, where we were doing something about that supposedly your cast were going on strike for some reason. I, I think. Uh, well, I, I think it also. I mean, that was almost um, uh, a case of um, it, it, life imitating art because um, I think my cast maybe very nearly. I mean. With the the cast, I, I wasn't directing them, but they they very nearly did go on strike because uh, they, they they weren't particularly happy about the way things were going. So it was actually quite a a, a precedent uh, sort of um, one to to, to a plot line to do. Um, I think in I think in one of the later films, um, we did something about the like the puppets and the like Horner and various different characters. 
um, from Sun Park, they were protesting because uh, you weren't writing roles for you know for for, for non-human actors. Yeah, I, I watched that at quite some length when I was taping it. I thought they've got a bloody nerve, hasn't it? They're in every you know every kind of episode where there's behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't, but they wanted to be in the real production, but uh, in, in real stuff in, in, in the real. Uh, and they wanted to be on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, talking about the big screen, I remember one of, you were talking about sort of firsts when you were recording. You know, it was a thrill to have to do a film and make oh, yeah. you know from page to screen. And I remember it being a bit sort of about ten years ago, or maybe slightly more recently. Um, the first person I knew who could have YouTube, so I, um, like on a normal TV, which is now um, here, I and mean, we have that as well. I think it's relatively standard you can get youtube on your tv and um um and the, so the first time so i already had like videos on youtube like of my poems and things but the first time i was able to sit back on this in a sofa and watch um on on my youtube videos on, on a big t- on a big tv screen was a bit of a thrill uh, absolutely i mean you know i i i, I that's something i didn't really grasp you know, get the. I think it's because we we only sort of had preview preview in the last sort of few years. Um, but I I I think I I probably want to see my own kind of work, but not necessarily myself. Um, I, I, <laughs> so, um, listeners, uh, the next part of this episode, because we we, I mean, we, we may have more to say in in, in, a, in a future date, but. Uh, um, I, I'm aware that time is getting on a bit, but Nick has put together a load of different clips, and I, and I wondered, and as we're going to play them, I wondered whether you could sort of briefly talk about the films they come from and, yeah, and what, sure. what, what we're going, what we're going to be hearing. Yes, I mean, uh, th- uh, three, um, some of the ones that you, we've I, I've already mentioned have, have already uh, are on there. Um, we have. From Sutton Park Prison in the Sun, our what I, I call our, our sort of mixed-up love child, <laughs> that I, I, I regard it as our, our sort of um, uh, adolescent love child. Um, you, uh, as you, as Bill Old, um, as I said, as we have said, without makeup, um, Andrew Candish as a, a, an aging actor called Les Craddock, who's been in a. Uh, not quite a time, but as I say, a Groundhog Day spell that certain parts cast him under uh, to be entertained. And he's constantly trying to get this washing powder advert sorted. And um, he's he's got a, uh, Elaine who's playing Jemima. She's the starlet in it and I'm in it. And, and, and um, you've just confronted him with the fact that this isn't 1976, it's 1986. And all these sort of things have happened in the world since he's been on ice so or in heat as it were because of course it's the hot summer of 76 um so yes you're you're there with your record collection which i i, I think it was a, one of these crazy ideas i think um i had to i think i was writing that scene with obviously you you kind of contributed to the you know that bit but it was sort of like the central bit i was writing and you were sort of uh, I, I was kind of I think we just got, in order to demonstrate to him that time has changed, we we simply uh, got out this record collection, which presumably Bill sort of carried it around with him at nausea. <laughs> that lovely idea. I mean, it's just completely daft, but. Yeah. Yes, I always carry these around with me. 
my private record collection. Look, look at the dates here uh, on this one, 1986. See, some of these people here, you know, they'll be new, new people to you, but some of these are quite old, you know, old, but it's 1986. I mean, if you think I'm lying to you, you just wander out of this park and, and everyone else will lie to you. Ronald Reagan is US President. Margaret Thatcher is British Prime Minister. How much they hate to say it. Elvis and John Lennon have long since passed away. And Tom Baker, Tom Baker isn't Doctor Who anymore. What have I done? I only use this from time to time because my concentration sometimes goes, but... Ten years? It's not possible. Uh, Adele is dead. And Margaret Thatcher, Prime Minister. And Abba disbanded. Abba disbanded when? 1982, God rest their son. Well, well, you made out somehow. Lived on minimal resources, I suppose. It's Some like, people call it the good life. It, it's like it's like one of those soldiers you hear of, hopelessly lost in the jungle, unaware that the war is over. Well, I suppose if you didn't continually hypnotise these people, someone did. Made all your dreams come true. An ending summer holiday. Well, rumour had it you be you'd become a Buddhist naturalist that got into amateur dramatics and ping pong. I suppose that's how you got into the filming business, was it? Um, so yeah, that's the one from Sutton Park Prison in the Sun, which of course was the the one that, in a sense, sort of hit it all off and and got us going. Um, Evil Trophy. Um, what did I do with Evil Trophy? Uh, I can't remember. What oh yes, um, yes, this character Colin Talbot, played by Andy, who was the lead hero. Um, and was the main sort of one of the protagonists in this kind of um, denou uh, the, uh, the, uh, this kind of four characters in a in a place which was filmed in the after everything else in uh, the Barbican. Um, but uh, yes, this is a scene where he's in the shed with his friends, one of which is yourself. Uh, in this time, in the guise of Jim Fryer, you know, one of his friends who'd just been chucked out, um, and uh, you're all trying to work out how how this character Ava Burgess has got uh, a spell on you so all this amounts to two words Ava Burgess Molly says I'm having an affair with a woman I hate affair <laughs> Jim you may laugh we've never gotten tangled in local politics Kent yourself lucky because when you do when it gets personal some would say I'm waging a one man war against her but why make it one what about Jim and Trev and Simon and everyone? Trev doesn't bother coming anymore. He got a job with the council. If you can't beat him, suck up to him. Look, you've all, you always blame Burgess for these things. Do you really think she took Trev from us and chucked Jim out? Oh yes, it's the Burgess uh, pattern. Divide and conquer. Conquer who? It almost feels like me. The more I stand up to her, the more she tries to run this borough to her plans. The more of our soldiers she knocks down, there is a fierce resolve in me to fight. With this, this two actually uh, from the Tide of Freedom we, we we did in 1994 and the Tide of Freedom we did in 1993. It's the same scene, but I thought it might be interesting for folks to see because you're in it. You're, you're in it both times, but the the character Adele has gone from a an adolescent to a, a middle-aged teacher, alcoholic teacher, 
um, because I, again, I, yeah. I, I, I've gone from a blur t-shirt wearing youth to, <laughs> to a slightly wet um, uh, leather jacket wearing uh, mm-hmm. less, less I think I think we would do, I think in your case we, we were just trying to brazen it out but uh, uh, you are we were still the same age I think we, it was it was a touch of the Bill and Bernies um, I think we were just trying to pr- pretend that uh, you, you were you were you were you were still the same age um, Andy I think uh, had aged even more than yourself um, but um uh, no, so uh, that was uh, yeah. So you've got there's back. You could sort of do those back to back, and uh, they will they would be the uh, the the ones. Uh, you know, this, uh, we re- we obviously there's lots we rewrote. So um, that's that's another sort of aspect of that, um, which was nice. Um, it was interesting to go back and actually make good all the things you didn't like uh, the first time round. Uh, uh, you know, from your own script. Um, which it was liberating. It was, I, I, yes, it was, you know, it did, uh, there were certain people who were upset about me doing it and I'm, I'm actually genuinely sorry that they were cause there was no harm intended. I just, in Keith's case, I just assumed that he, he wasn't interested in the project anymore. And, um, I fancied having another crack at my script and really kind of shaking it up. So anyway, there's the, there's the two there. So as uh, the, the girl Adele, uh, has been thrown out of home by her mum and you're comforting her and the alcoholic middle-aged Adele has been thrown out of uh, uh, by uh, for drinking too much by her landlady so there was the two aspects of that have you ever woken up one day and said to yourself that's it I'm on my own are you it all started that stupid can of hair dye brands my mother went berserk. We argued and argued and argued about everything. Well, Steve was at home, he should probably be gathered, so he joined in. And now if I'm desperate, with promises of this, promises of that, I'm out. Fin for myself at the age of 17. But they can't do that, your exams. Exactly. That's why I say I'm on my own. I mean, she's had enough, I've had enough. She's got Dave and I've got Fran and Julot. I'm even born but Fran, she thought... I know. She wanted me to have exams and all that. But I've had to change, haven't I? Oh, there you are, Floozy. We've been looking for you. What's wrong? Mary, who else? This time it's bad news. Well, I went to see Andre, like I said I would. Got the tattoo, save his fans. Look. You don't have to. Andre likes a drink. Did you know that? So we drank, and I went home drunk. Mary was waiting for me, the old bag. She slung me out, Joe. What about college? You've got to get it sorted. I can't go back. I mean, what does it matter now? I'm going to go on the road with you lot. To be really free, as Fran would say. When will you tell her? Soon, in my own way. She had high hope for my exams, my ticket back to teaching and a decent life. Um, there's Rosie Lenz, which was, uh, this, this is sort of going off into the ones we did after Traitors, um, which, uh, you were in, you know, I think you played a character in there and, uh, it was more of a talking, you, you came up with the idea of doing some monologues, which are like a talking heads type thing. Um, we since found your monologues at the time we were doing them, we, we, 
I think you'd lost them again. You couldn't find them and didn't know where they were in terms of. Um, but they they've since been sca- scanned and you know they're they're fully recorded, which is a shame. I, I, it would have been fun to have had yours recorded at the same time. I did Rosie Lenz, which was a monologue. I chickened out, although there's direct contact with the the audience. I chickened out of doing the other two as direct monologues. I did Inquisition in Law, which was more a sort of a a quirky character piece, which I think I should have done as a monologue, actually, and stuck to the original plan. Uh, Rosie Lenz was written for a lady called Louise Levy, who's now a professional actress, who, charming girl and very good actress, and she, yeah, I, I, I wanted her for the lead. And there's the old school lie, which um, the, the, this was a sort of a, it's a bit of a cheat because the, it is a monologue of such because the, the central character, it's actually quite a good idea. It, it's almost as accident, really. The, the central character, who's this sort of failed um, songwriter, kind of addresses the audience completely doesn't actually address the other characters at all the other characters just move across him talk to him and everything he takes no notice of them he only talks to the to the you know because he's quite a selfish character he, he just takes no notice of them and causes a bit of chaos and and just talks to the audience and the one time he talks to another character out of sheer despair that character doesn't he doesn't talk to him um so there's a bit with the Rosie Lenz, where she's talking about her, the lead character, Bridget Laird, is talking about her um, friends who are encouraging her to go out and find a love life and a, just find a life generally. I asked my friend Caroline, what shall I do? She said, first you get a trip, so I did, and then you get a ticket to Blackstone City, so I did, and then you get a man. How, Cass, I said. Pick one off the streets. Love is a multiple choice question with a hundred answers and only one that's correct. I looked her in the eye. You're telling me to force that choice. Well, Kaz is not a woman of commitment. Love, she laughed, is Russian roulette with all the bullets in bridge. You don't want to get tied to one man, you just want to score. Score. Um, Inquisition, or I don't have any, I didn't put anything from because you know I don't, we couldn't have everything. No, no, I mean, um, yeah, I, I remember. Um, I, I don't remember the exact plot that I was doing when we did Old School Live, but I do remember. Uh, I, I we got to film in a school, didn't a real school? Yes. because Andy was the, the janitor. That's there. That's right, um, at the Royal Masonic School. At, um, at, is it? Yes, he was, and. Uh, I and yeah, yeah, because you did quite have involved with that and Rosie Lenz. You actually um, hip hop between the two. You you did um, uh, the timelines. You changed a little bit because um, you did one where uh, the the one that was because you were coming up to the thousandth episode of some part. You did one where it looked like the the the, the film that was shot before was actually shot later. Um, so that was that was quite fun, um, and but, but but you know to have a to have I was always about with something like I've always been about location. The, you know the location generates the the plot lines absolutely. often, or, or maybe a prop generates the plot line. Though Troby turns up with a box full of computer circuits. Oh well, wow! What can we make this? What can we say this is? Sort of, yeah, exactly. Um, and, that, and that you get a whole day worth of filming just because just some <laughs> just because. 
Trovi's brought this old computer or something that glows yeah. or something that generates. And he was terribly good at, at um, producing those. I remember because he played a doctor in um, The Tide of Freedom and uh he uh he turned up on the on the day although he didn't use it he turned up on the day with a with a blood transfusion coat covered in blood and <laughs> which was which was quite nice um but no he, uh, so the the, the um, with Rosie Lenz there was you were i think you were doing uh, you were involved because the camera was there and you were an extra i believe and um, you were also there was an awful lot in, uh, involved in that because we were using your dad's camera and there was effects and um and also with that um uh, there was a um yeah there was, uh, you you did a lot of Sutton Park with that um because it was in your home turf as well because it, it, it yeah. um so that was great I I always remember I could I keep going back to old school live but I remember filming on a uh, canal path that's right yeah um, and and um, but it, that that was the time when I think I was introducing a lot of these puppet characters into Southern Park and I wanted to get sort of stills of them which I could I don't know where I was going to put them yeah. but I, it, it was always you know um, it was but back, back then um, you know whatever I didn't have the greatest camera in the world anyway but um, you didn't know what you were going to whether you were even going, it was even going to focus properly on, on the thing you were sticking in front of until you until you sent it off to the, the the chemist to get it developed. Uh, whereas now you you know you, you just take a photo and it'd be oh that's great or oh, I'll take another one. But back then yeah. you were kind of you didn't know whether any of it was going to be coming out. Absolutely, I mean it was it was quite disconcerting really, wasn't it? But no, and um, uh, yeah, old school lie, um, as you say, Andy had the. Um, that was based on a Tales of the Unexpected I sort of developed um, years before, um, which was actually a period piece. And um, at the time, I I realised when going back to it, I thought we were in, it would be silly to do a period piece. We just wouldn't get away with it. And um, and I brought it up to date. And the character was supposed to live with his elderly father. And as we didn't really have any elderly actors, uh, male actors, I divided them into a wife and a mistress. Who actually worked in conjunction with each other? They they were fully aware of each other, and they they worked in conjunction to to get this idle central character. Um, and now Lee was um, my number one target for the sort of for want of a word the villain of the piece, the the um, the, the lead character Harry's old nemesis Nick Sinjin, uh, who was kind of like taking great delight he was now working for the school and taking great delight in and sort of uh humiliating him and sort of saying you know, you've got to take this job otherwise you're not going to work again and um it was all it was all quite light comedy but um i got i offered lee the part and he said well i don't really kind of i i'd rather concentrate because i think you turned the pen down the part for him he said no you won't do it and I think, sure enough, I had to talk to him uh, later on after after old school. I and he said, "No, I wouldn't have done it because uh, um, I, you know, I, I, if it was sort of just you and me, and you know, because he, he was, you know, I, I, he was a ter- terribly nice and terribly supportive to work with, but um, he would have made a very aggressive mix engine. And uh, uh, whereas I think I also. I saw him as a grammar school toff in the end because I, I cast Peter Ewing, who was this very much kind of um, chiselled, heroic kind of looking chap who had done loads of Shakespeare. Uh, and he he had never played villains and he was getting a bit fed up with playing goodies. 
and uh, I thought well, let's give him a nasty character and he was he was very good and we we went we ran riot around the school because it was they've done they in their time they've done Indiana Jones and and um Supergirl and loads of things at, at that school at that location it's it's famous in fact I think I saw something the other day on telly that looked suspiciously like it it was a joy to do and um I in a way I did a you because I, I actually was, um, I was so, uh, I, I knew the scenes I had and I had the actors with me, but I didn't know the location. So it, we had one shot to, to, to go in there that afternoon. And so I went from beginning to end at the, at the school and shot loads of extra stuff and kind of thought, right, well, we can do this here and that here. And you were spoiled for choice. It really was. It was a pretty big school. It wasn't enormous. like a little... It was enormous school. Loads of classrooms. Yeah. And, of course, that was great for Sun Park as well because um, you, you, you instantly had that um, that aspect to it. Um, I, must go back, I must go back and see what I did. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I, I mean, remember. it was good. It was good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I've, uh, I was very happy with that. Um, so that's the one where I, I um, did... I slightly... I had a tiny role, but I kind of... Probably, well, uh, I was noticed. I'd, I think you probably say that you were s- trying to steal the scene if, if you were an, an actual actor these days. But uh, um, that was <laughs> yeah. the scene when I was at the I was at the party and I was uh, I didn't even have any lines. I don't think I just but I was yeah. eating in the background. Yes, you were lance. Um, that's right. Uh, um, again, I, I wrote the character as a sort of a, um, a, a rather overwhelmed kind of. Um, uh, and I, I actually think Lance's. Although you, I, yes, I didn't give you much to do because you had you were excruciatingly busy at the time, and uh, I, I did. Uh, you know, I, I said to um, uh, you, just amazed. I, I've, I've never underestimated your acting because um, you did an amazing job because you. You were in. You got into this suit. You don't like suits. I, I know enough about you to know you don't like them. And you got into this character, and you were in totally. I've never forgotten it. You were totally in character all the way through, and you had this. You you looked rather strangely at people, and you know, and uh, and it did the lines, and and you had yeah, um, you did lots of ad libbing. I I never minded that because uh, you knew from some park you knew how to use the camera you knew what the camera was doing and what the camera should be doing and um you really kind of i liked that i i liked the fact that you were stealing the scene because and also with um someone like uh peter dickinson who played the lead character i thought i'd give him a well because he'd not really done uh, a lot before and um, I was pleased with him, but you you provided a good contrast to that because um, he was a sort of didn't give a toss kind of um, for, you know for a fun character, and uh, you you were kind of intently involved, very nervously involved in consuming this wedding breakfast, and uh, it worked. It it really worked nicely as a scene. Uh, that was nineteen ninety. That was nineteen ninety five. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose it was coming up to my finals and stuff. Ninety five. But, uh, but yes, um, there's a clip on there. So you've actually got your. Yeah, actually, funny enough, you've got your scene as as Lance in 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 there, mm-hmm. and um, yes, he. he um, yeah, so the, the, you've got your bit of. And, and I'm only sorry, actually, on this in this aspect, it's actually on audio because 
um, it, it looked great, uh, the kind of stuff you were doing. Um, so, well done you. Thank you, Harry. That was lovely. Choose your right. How you do it? Typical, isn't it? You hang around with these morons for years, tell them your innermost dreams, and what do you end up doing? Soppy little tunes for their wedding days, reduced to a serenading sap. Oh dear, he's going to be embarrassing. Oh, Harry, you can't go yet. Not so soon after you've heard Dizzy. Wife's not heard it, she's been powdering her nose. He expects me to serenade her whilst she's in there. I'll be demanding unsociable pay. Unless, of course, Vi asks me to do it. Poor Lance. Doesn't know about Vi and me, when even my wife does. He's just feeling sorry for himself. He's a good lad, really. A mistress on one subject, double period adultery. Still, Lance has all that to look forward to. I could compose something for that as well. To me. Have a nice life, Lance. That ring will become a manacle soon enough. He's just jealous. So that's that. Um, after, after those so-called monologues, uh, or semi-monologues as the case was, I was keen, because we'd, we'd done a lot sort of together, I was keen to actually, because it was your idea to do the monologues, I was keen to do commission myself for something uh, that was completely different. Um, Obviously, with Prison in the Sun was one big adventure, and I kind of wanted to go back and see whether it was possible to do a feature-length adventure um, with everything that we had learnt in the meantime. Because, um, we, you know, we, we had learnt stuff. And um, I thought, well, you know, if we can pull what we've got together and actually really go for a, a quite an, a th- a, you know, a thriller, not not too grand you know not to car crash or anything but you know something that was a bit um had a bit of an intrigue about it um and i did run fast in the world was the the sort of so it was only one film i did as opposed to three the previous year but one big one and um i felt with lance i i let you down a little bit in that we hadn't really had a big chat about what your role was going to be in it you know i think i was i wanted a film whereas previously i was using some studio people i wanted a film that was if possible entirely our old gang uh whereas it didn't work out that way because um we we still lost lee um but with run faster i wanted a complete mishmash of the old gang and new gang and wish it all up and get some people in there that hadn't had a go yet and and it was it's still one of my favorites i mean it was quite an ambitious it's set in the future 10 years in the future and it was all about how uh, a scheme about fighting crime and uh, which was akin to sort of things like um pyramid selling so one person who sponsors another who sponsors another and and then they get the money back from that it was like a, a cross between a specials thing and and a, and a sort of uh, pyramid selling and uh, you played it we we actually went for a very long walk before i read the script uh in the country um and um we between us we thrashed out your the character you played john poynton who can be heard on the next clip um talking to renata mckinnell who since he, she did she was an actor for a while she's done just about everything in her time and she i was desperately trying to fill the lead character who 
I was especially going to write for this lady called Joe Walpole, who basically backed out of it because she wanted to be third spear carrier from the left uh, in sort of yeoman of the guards or something. I I, I was really pissed off with um, the fact that she walked away from that because I would have I would have really kind of given her a high, you know, it, it would have been a really high profile thing. But I suppose that's what you get for backing people you don't know. Um, but I so the lead character Lynn, I was trying desperately trying to look for somebody, and then Renata came. Uh, Renata actually, I don't think she, I I put down an advert, but no, to no avail. And then Renata came into my shop. I knew her from a party that I'd been to at Studio Theatre, and I said, "Do you want to do this?" And I said, "Let me read the script." She read the script, and a week later she said yes. And a day after she accepted, uh, somebody else rang up and said, oh, "Is the part still available?" I said, no, you've missed it. And that person, Rachel Sinclair, um, became the photographer in it. So I did get her a part in the end, but she left it rather late. Um, Lisa actually asked specially to be written in. I, I thought there wasn't really a part for her this time round. And she had been quite demanding, actually, I have to say, on a certain costume aspects of the old school light. So I thought maybe we, we need to distance each other for a bit. But um, she played a prostitute in it um, with an Irish and she did really well with the costume and the, the the accent and everything. You did a brilliant job because you were very dramatic and you played the sort of attitude-y uh, youngster who nobody will believe uh, when he's trying to say that this, this Soho king is corrupt. And um, it, and yeah, it was great. It was absolutely great. I got, I got, sh- I got shot. You did. But but I refused to. Go, I refused to go topless or almost topless. <laughs> you, you wanted me to look come out of the woods like with my shirt. That's right. Again, because like, I, I was like, oh, I can't. Do yeah. that. <laughs> I have to wear a t-shirt. I have to wear a t-shirt under my shirt, showing my man boobs to everybody. Uh, mainly because uh, you you've just been in this this death trap slumber for a, a day or so, and yeah. and you, you know, but uh, you know, I, I I was I was perfectly respectful of the. Uh, I probably would I probably would have done it, <laughs> or I wouldn't do it, done it now. But if I'd have been, been looking back, I probably would have thought actually you might have thought that your body wasn't you didn't want to show, but actually looking back, that's probably you you at your best. So you should have done it then. <laughs> but no, I, I I mean yeah, I mean that that would have been good, but I. I, yeah, I mean, uh, I I made a few mistakes on that. I, I gave you too much to say before you died. I mean, I, I've, I, that was a bit daft. And um, some of the way I shot it, perhaps, with... What happened? Why did we have to go... Didn't, didn't I have to... Did we have to reshoot my death scene? Well, we have to reshoot part of it, yeah. What? Only because it, was, it wasn't... Um, much of an anecdote, I'm afraid, but uh, we um, I, I switched off the camera at a vital point when it should have been switched on. So that that was that was the only reason why we reshot that. Um, quite simply because yeah, yeah. um, I, I I had the camera off at the wrong time. So, but um, yeah, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember why it was. But I, no. I remember I had to. I had, did I have to die twice? I oh, I, I I don't think you had to die twice. It was just some dialogue that you no, needed. I needed a closer mm-hmm. shot at you. Um, to, to, to you know, to get the best effect, but um, it was in. Yeah. I I've never forgotten my. It was a the best of times and the worst of times, really, because my girlfriend had just committed suicide at the time. She was she appears, she actually gets us cameo in Sutton Park because uh, you did a very surreptitious recording of her, uh, and yeah. although the pop, it wasn't yeah, the prop. <laughs> <laughs> at the pub, at the pub. At the pub. Uh, Sorry, I thought you said as a prop. <laughs> no, no, no. At the, 
No, at the, at the pub. So it was, it yeah. was, you know, I mean, I did quite a lot of things like that yeah. where, you know, when, when parties or things like that to get people in, at least a cameo. A women. From, 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 from the point of documenting yeah. people that were in our lives. That's right. And you, you, we were actually, there was, because Andy had got into the, the swing of it at the time because uh, he was doing um, uh, Child of Anubis, which is his first film. And uh, Jill, because I, I was going out with Jill at the time, uh, she was going to be in it. Now, the only problem with that is, um, again, he actually switched off the sound when he shouldn't have switched off the sound. So only scenes in that were actually soundless. Um, but um, So I was very glad, uh, with hindsight, that you got on Sutton Park. The, and, of course, she died the following year, which was terribly, terribly sad. And um, we we did a... Um, a thing, a thing, you know, sort of. Um, it's it's unfortunate you do, you went to know this, but she was actually telling me off at the time uh, for reasons I won't go into. But they were a bit saucy. Um, but um, uh, she, but yes, yeah, she was. She, I wrote, I wrote her in a part of a uh, a sort of bookish kind of hermit because uh, I knew she was ill at the time. I was writing run, and um, she couldn't do very much. So I I wrote them all for her room, and. Um, yeah, she and uh, so she would have been in it, but unfortunately, she died the day before we started recording. And L. J. Morais, who's now a, a cabaret artist uh, and writer, uh, it, it played the part for me. And I, I said, there, that's the one bit I thought well, I didn't really do L. J. justice. I didn't really. I should have gone right back and rewrote those whole scenes completely. Um, but no, she she was very good about it. Um, and L. J. went on to do the next my next film that I although I didn't record it myself Andy did it Andy commissioned it me to do to cry the woman which um was one that I did I did the behind the scenes for that um but going back to run yes um you Lisa was by then uh very heavily involved in the Sutton Park projects um yeah yeah, yeah, the the Sutton Park um appearances so you got to work with her quite a lot on that so because I think you you actually had a fight didn't you I just scuffle uh your characters had a scuffle in it um so uh that was that was quite dramatic so um I think that you got to do a bit of Sutton Park with her then and also when um the, the it was um yeah, well, uh, yeah, there was the Sutton Park potential was there for quite a bit of the time. What have you got on Ray Drummond? What have you discovered? Whatever it is, I haven't got proof yet. Whatever I tell you, you'll just go back to the plumers on report. That's why I can't tell you. Off the record, then. There's no such thing, and even if there was, you'd only be looking with me and getting into trouble. I don't want that. I'm sure you don't. But we don't have secrets here, John, not amongst ourselves. You're that close from suspension. Ray Drummond is a dangerous enemy to make. Without proof, this thing isn't going to be healthy for you, me or anyone. It's important, Lynn. Can't you see that? Don't you trust me? Trust me. I won't stand this gypsy wandering anymore, Poynton. Either do your job or leave. You don't interrogate colleagues without a damn good excuse. I suppose assault was mentioned. You know it was. You can thank your lucky stars that Drummond stayed shut for most of the inquiry. Rachel and Henry did most of that. You see the respect that man commands? That's just the way he likes it. No one will touch him. He thinks I'm jealous and so do you. That's enough. Our assignment is a proven case. 
This week we move in on the bald drugs ring. Orders of the plumers, orders of the superintendent. And that is your job while I'm away. So I expect you to do it. These are dangerous thugs, not shadows. The foreman say they move at the end of the week. Then that's how long you've got. Uh, next up, Run Fast in the World, is a bit of a turning point. I mean, I can see it's very much its flaws now, but at the time, um, I really did think it was the best one I'd done, and, and I was I was really quite proud of it. I was I finished my job at Four Boys, went to back to college for two years, um, during which I actually got my got off my ass and bought a video camera, at long bloody last, um, and um, I. I began to develop a story. This was after, obviously, Decry the Woman was shot by Andy. I'd wrote it two years before, and uh, it was done in 97. With 98, um, I'd done this. Uh, I wanted to go back to a more humorous one, but I was, I was at a comic mart. They were big in London at the time, and I saw somebody I thought was uh, Ian Martyr, who played, it was an actor who played Harry Sullivan in Doctor Who. I thought, well, no, I can't. He died 10 years ago. And I thought, woo, how about um, if the stars of things, it would be the ultimate sort of thing if some of the departed stars actually came to these conventions, because we'd been to some Doctor Who conventions. So it was very much recent. It was set around a convention. But I thought, Doctor, if I made it sci-fi, it was going to be a bit too obvious. So I made it a soap, a failed soap. Um, so and at the time also... Um, there was I'd seen a very good performance in Taming of the Shoe, which Mich our friend Michelle had been in, and Michelle made her debut with the films on um, both in Sutton Park and in uh, my films with um, in '96. Um, she did a lot on Sutton Park with Jay uh, mm. as well at the time, at the very time we were filming. Um, little Little Jay, who is now um, known. Better known for being Albert the Dragon. Yes. Um, uh, yes, a voice artist, you know, it's a bit like the cartoon. Ah, it's so-and-so who does that one and that one. Um, yeah. But, um, that's right, that's right. I used to be Jay and now I'm Albert. And before that, presumably, he was um, um, normal wisdom. <laughs> um, the ba baby normal wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, so uh, One More Bow, it was called, originally Cult Experience. And I, I developed this idea because I was always interested in how um, the, the the public kind of treat people's famous lives as, as kind of uh, as one big entertainment, you know, and they, they don't. And um, how, where do you stop being entertained? Where do you stop realising that you're dealing with real people? So you kind of. I had I I set it all in a in a sort of church hall, so I could use the Ayers Way Church Hall in Hall in uh, the Friary, which I then we then went on. I got married in there, and you were best man, and I'd had my twenty first, which you have been in, which being that. And back in the seventies, I I used it. We used it for the St Martin's Sunday school parties, so I I was wedded to the place, and it was I was so glad I did a film there now because in in the noughties they actually flattened it and turned it into so-called luxury accommodation. Um, and I, Chantelle Pike, who had been in Taming of the Shoe, gave this wonderfully whimsical performance. I thought, oh, yeah, we've got to get her into something. And um, she played... I, I had to... Because we were going to film in Wales at one point, because my niece was in 
run fast in the world and uh, we were going to film in Wales where she lives and it fell through so I had to bring Wales to, to Salisbury and film on, on the side of um, old, old Sarah which we could, could have doubled for it and um, I, I needed two people quick because I was going to get recruit some of Sarah's friends so Chantel and her friend Richard Morley who Sue's sister I'd known before Richard was born um, came along and, and I, but I really wanted to do something more, more with Chantel's comic talents so I, I wrote her in this soap character and I thought well, you needed someone to bounce off and someone who could really stand her own so I gave her Louise and these two bitchy soap ghosts were probably possibly my most memorable creation of the of the films you know they were really it worked well together and they're still friends to this day but one embarrassing thing about uh, One More Bow is I wrote the script when I was going out with my then girlfriend Catherine um, now the day I, also, in Su- also in Sutton Park indeed she, she, was, she had some scenes with a controller in Sutton Park about the time I was yeah. writing Bow and going out with her she did some she, re- was, in, she was invisible she was invisible because oh, yeah, we didn't have her there mm-hmm. at one point and then we did have her th- then we did have her there uh, for one one was it when we filmed at the Barbican which is another location I think so used yeah for the films but I yeah. know uh, she did because we, we went to London we went for London in a half because she was still at school I was sort of pushing I was, in, I was 29 when I went out with her she was 17 so uh, you know <laughs> kind of uh, age gap there but um she, we went to London, the three of us, and and she did loads of Sutton Park back to back, which I'm so glad she did. Because, um, but the the following summer, I, I actually split up with her the night because she played a. I put her in as a part, only a small part, because I knew she'd be doing her A levels. I put her in as a part of the the kind of bouncer because we had just gone into panto rehearsal and she was playing the heroine and she thought, oh, these lines are so wet, you know, I'm, I'm playing such a wet character, and she, um. So I thought, right, I'll give her a really tough character. And 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 I gave her this rather objectionable um, this person who is sort of on the door, who's kind of a bit military and, and, and sort of a bit aggressive. And, um, and she and the night I was due to write the last scene, we split up. Um, I went our separate ways, all amicable. And um, but I found myself. Uh, what I was doing at writing at about midnight, maybe I couldn't sleep, but I found Jane was in that last scene and I found I couldn't bring myself to write any dialogue because I knew that, oh, it'll be her. And she did, she'd made it clear she was still going to be in the film. So, and um, so there was a little in joke because the two characters, the two lead characters, the, uh, you know, the the nerd who had set it all up and his older girlfriend uh, have a kiss and Jane sort of, does a bit of a of that that was my little in joke because um Catherine and I had sort of parted um and Catherine played it presumably um unknowing that um that that was an in joke but um but yes she was she she and her then fellow Chris I became friendly with Chris and he played your sidekick in one more bow you played the the sort of ner- super nerd um who was archiving you were actually playing the person who was archiving it and filming everything you know it was a bit so there was there was lots of kind of subtext among subtext <laughs> and i had a very very bright um shirt which i think i'd what um i think i think i was maybe 
going out a bit more and going night clubbing and I and this was actually a shirt that I bought for bought for um, social uh, uh, socialising but it was quite loud so it seemed perfect for the, uh, the, thing, the character the thing is I only thought of Chris's thought about Chris's character quite late in the day and um, I thought well I can't just have this faceless person just wandering around i needed to give him a bit of a a, a, a distinctive and um so i i made him french so that i uh, this is and i think um chris was a bit not concerned was a bit baffled as to why i made him french and i explained that you know i just wanted a i wanted him to stand out and b um to give him uh, you know some something to uh, to react uh, give you someone to react with um so you weren't just filming you were you were you you had someone to talk to and and have some comic moments with and um i think it worked quite quite well um and i think you i for your 30th i actually um used a clip from this because um you <laughs> this is this is quite a story you you um had me fooled actually uh because you were there was this character that um, there's a bit at the end where you're building up the talking about your the camera that you're using in it and and you're boasting about it uh, your character that is and um, and you you kind of said um, durastatic uh, there's this, this terribly in, impressive durastatic camera and um, I was terribly impressed with this word and I went away and I had I looked up in it looked tried to look it up and it no sign of it and um and i said you know i i'm I, I, this is really good this word uh, what does it mean and and you just shrugged and said i made it up it was a lovely ad lib you know because i you know the whole idea with with this character with this um particular thing is you, you just spieled and spieled and spieled and um it was just uh it, it was just all kind of fun and bluster and uh, and a bit ridiculous but no we we were that was the nearest i came to um tv studio kind of pressure because we had the venue for only a limited amount of time and certain members of the cast who will remain nameless not yourself but um should have brought the lights up and didn't um so we had to shoot some scenes in darkness other people didn't turn up at all or they didn't turn up when they should have done and um i had a bit of a nightmare with the first night and we overrun by a um an hour and the very right irate hirers came down and said you know look this isn't on it's 11 o'clock at night i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry. and i was absolutely skint at the time because i i I was working all hours at index but i i didn't know you know we were on it was very very tight and uh, we went back and we lost one of the lead characters toby james who was playing the the main american kind of nerd character he couldn't make it and uh, we had to pick up all this scene i thought "Ooh, what are we going to do and um Toby and I put our heads together and actually com- amalgamated the script so you you gain more lines Chris gain more lines Toby gain more lines and um, because the character was supposed to come on and introduce each other uh, yeah, and and kind of go over to you we'll meet we'll re-meet you because we've already met your character and we'll meet Chris's character Anton and then he was going to go over the other side of uh, uh, for the preparations for the convention and meet Toby's character Baz and um and I thought well the that's the basic purpose of the scene so why don't we just 
could sort of set he, set them on each other, you know. And so we we had Trobi coming over and and sort of through his dialogue, which was adapted, we we were able to to do that. And um, and then you Trobi went over and then you our ah, interview technique. So we had you following Trobi over, and at the end of the time, uh, you know, um, so. Toby would go. Toby originally went over and said to Toby, "This is a great oh Baz, this is a great honour." And um, so you, we had you go over to to Toby and said, "This must be a great honour for you." <laughs> Stuff like that, and it, it was it actually worked really really well. When you see the film, you 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 kind of forget that there was a problem. And indeed, one of the studio theatre people, Leslie Bates, who was one of their sort of most respected directors, actually. Because uh, we were feeding her the lines, because we had to reshoot the whole thing in different order. Um, actually, re- really enjoyed working that way. So there we go. That was sort of on the by the seat of our pants, and because we had to really think quickly. Because uh, Roger Crisp, who was playing the the TV producer, had to go early, and and we had to sort of right. So let's draw this in a bit, and like we need to. So it really focuses your mind. So we actually got out in good time, but we didn't. Need, we needed a remount um just for the bits that we missed um put your i mean we that my only other regret was that the, the you had the smallest um convention um audience in history because half the extras didn't turn up um the other thing was though your some parks are really interesting in that because not only did you have the hall to work with and you had ca- glimpses of catherine where of course which the some park viewers are already familiar with but you you had an almost there's a surreal bit where there's the camera andy's camera and your camera and you kind of at one point you focus in on his or that he's focusing in on you through yours for you your viewfinder and you're kind of in in this black and white tunnel and you're kind of pulling all these faces and again it's it's a really weird well the funny thing is um although the time this episode goes out it'll be a while ago but uh, a while ago, we did an episode about an episode from 1990, around the same time, I suppose, or, or um, with you and Georgina in Charlton, um, and we used we, we that that appeared in an episode th- uh, 356, and uh, the, obviously a bit that you don't see because it's audio, um, but if the video has been released, there is a bit when I I film your camp because you're filming, you've got a camera on. Um, and, and and we do that then, where I kind of watch a bit that you'd recorded. That's um, right, yeah. But you you were, you were also you were good at experimenting in that way because you you know you kind of if it looked quite interesting and different and and uh, by the way the cameras actually interacted, it was it, you know you'd often experiment. Mm. Don't be childish, Susie. I dare you, I dare you. I'll do it if you do it. You know, you've always wanted to. It'll feel like a bally cartoon. Welcome to the awesome resurrection of Sepulchre Laurel. Oh, I didn't feel a thing. Well, I suppose everyone gets their first walkthrough wrong. You stopped too early. You've always done that. You'd freeze at the end of an episode before the director said cut. You're a stage school hangover. I still say antagonistic. We go in fighting. Suits me, darling. So what do we have after... Um... Well, after Bow, um, 
uh, it was 1999 and some part was lessening slightly um so it was the other tide of freedom which um Treby and Lisa asked me to do in 97 I went away and wrote the script because I was I was also doing one called Ditch um which I think you almost certainly read the script of it it was my reaction really to because I was I was getting over Catherine and I was kind of getting it's basically me exercising all the sort of the ways relationships I'd had had come to an end but rather saying poor me kind of right sent completely sending them up and I got Gareth and Sarah Gareth uh, um by that time got together with a rather nice girl called Sarah who's also an actress and they were both studying acting at the time and uh, no I think they'd finished that had they finished by then I can't remember but we had a marvelous day with Georgina uh, I think it was alongside um, in relation to a, a Sutton Park um, thing, and uh, we were we we filmed. I I I was a day on ditch, and it was a, just a short film. It was the last thing that Andrew Candish did for me. Um, it wasn't meant to be, but it ended up being. Um, and uh, that was that was going on at the same time. But and also another one I was doing where there's a clip of on the film called Hour Zero, which was a short two-hander about the millennium. Because of course that was what everybody was talking about in 1999. I just wanted a small two-hander about a couple of people who hadn't been invited to any party whatsoever, and they were kind of oh you know, we kind of want to do this thing, which was like <laughs> quarter to midnight, they decide to have their own little mini kind of celebration of their lives. And, uh, and, and they just dwell on the simple, nice things that they've enjoyed in the 21st, 20th century. There's a clip of that on there when uh, a, a, an employer's boss is trying to kind of get him to, he's a timid guy who hasn't lived much of a life and he's trying, she's trying to encourage him to beef up, you know, sort of, what's your fate, what, you, what have you really enjoyed, you know, you know, do tell. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't turn out to be very adventurous, but he, uh, but anyway, that was the other small one I did that year, but Tide of Freedom was the big comeback because you were coming back as Stu Taffin and um, Lisa came back as Fran, who uh, lead character Fran in, in Tide of Freedom, but we had a, another go. I, one of the things I thought, because my original idea in 97 was to write a sequel to Tide of Freedom rather than to remake it. And um, I, I remember I, reading that. I remember reading uh, yes. the script in the in bath. Fact, I remember reading it in had, the bath. That's right. And I, I eventually did write it the following year. So I decided instead, because when they asked me to remake in 99 I said well I decided I didn't really want to go for a third time to go down and film the sequel so instead we'll make this we'll make the remake and I'll write the script for the sequel and because we don't have to make it I can put some weird I can put fights in I can put you know kind of a, a big big locations in so and sure enough uh, it did get written and published on Lulu um, but with yeah, and there was it was almost as fraught with problems as the original, really, because originally we were going to shoot it April May in in ninety nine, freeing me up to work on Ditch and uh, in the summer and um, Hour Zero in the after, the, the autumn, um, and we we, we um, Gareth was unable to make it because we were we were looking to do three four consecutive Saturdays, I. Um, so and we we gave the part to Steve Tatner, the gay, a part of this um, lecturer who sort of turns out to be a bad egg, and um, we 
didn't uh, uh, he wasn't available and the april dates fell through between remount between that and remounting it in august i'd given up retail work and therefore was available saturdays and so we got steve back but we still hadn't we it took me a while to cast the deaf and dumb girl who was played originally by elaine um I, again i don't think elaine would have approved of being in it and also i don't think she enjoyed playing it very much so and i got a lady called Joe Walpole in, uh, not Joe Walpole, that was the one that turned down run, Joe Stimson, who was brilliant in the part, and I was really happy with her. And you came back and Andy came back. Andy Candish actually turned down Suicide Evans, playing Suicide Evans again in that. And Andy Ching actually stuck his hand up and said, I'll do it, because he wasn't in the original. He was doing behind the scenes on the original. So there isn't... Now, I've seen Sutton Park footage of this, so... Although you're in it and Sutton Park wasn't, it was starting to, starting to wind down a little bit at that point uh, in sort of September 99. Um, so there wasn't as much Sutton Park as there was in the original. Um, and um, we, yeah, I mean, it was, we had to, by the time everyone was available, um, we ended up. Uh, we it was pouring of rain. I thought, sod it, you know. And uh, everyone was a total trooper, and we we braved the elements and shot ten scenes in the rain. And and it's and it looks really good. It looks better than in some cases than than filming in the sun. Did, um, didn't you um, uh, when you when you went to re-edit them to go on DVD? Did, didn't you even use one of my Sutton Park material? Or behind the scenes, uh, as an alternate shot, or a little shot, or something. There was, there was. I think um, definitely one of the things I did was um, because I uh, on uh, earlier on uh, uh, run fast in the world. Mm, I actually ran out of tape, and you were doing lots of Sutton Park on the. And there's there's a scene. There's a bit on Sutton. There's a a bit of Sutton Park which is actually bona fide footage of the the, the film because um, yeah. um, we were do, we were doing you know we I actually had to use I think it was only just one shot it was ridiculous really but mm. um, I just I, I needed to use that for the uh, the Sutton Park bit but mm. no um, it, it, I think that was, that was uh, but I wouldn't yeah. be at all surprised I mean I can't remember now but I wouldn't no, be at I all think surprised it was run, I think it was run that I was thinking of so yeah, that, yeah that but that was bona fide um, <laughs> uh, Sutton Park you know there's no doubt about it and um, I was very grateful for that because it meant that we were able to um, really get to grips with um, that whole thing um, and uh so yes, we've. Um, well, I think. We um, well, I, I, I think what I think we'll do is because there. Although by the as we sort of finish the decade and and, and we've got lots of clips and things, I think uh, we'll, we'll let the listeners go now. But we'll probably come back and tell you a few of our tales of of recording uh, in the two thousands. Uh, and even though Southern Park wasn't really there. Um, there were still a few we, films left. Yeah, so we, we, still we appearances were, and, that you made. Yes, and, I think it's a good also, idea to call it a to call yeah. it a, call it a t- call time on the with the. Uh, with the, course, with the, the yeah, there's the uh, there's um, in, in 2000 there was the Copernicus Files. There was which were, which were made side by side with when Sun Park was was on its 
dying no. days. Um, <laughs> and, 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 so, so we were, so we had we had both, the, and we've got all the footage for Perfect Files still. So we have. Um, I, think I think that we, can, we have it all um, yeah. safely uh, edited. You know. So I think it'd be good to get to. Uh, we'll leave that for another time and I'll, I'll thank you very much yeah, Nick for sharing your memories my pleasure I, I've been quite transported I hope, <laughs> I, I hope listeners it was interesting to hear even if you haven't seen the film it's still interesting to hear um, well uh, budding filmmakers talking about you know their experiences and the, the stories behind making making films and I hope you enjoyed the clips but, uh, anyway well thanks Nick we'll speak to you again soon and um, we'll say thank you we'll thank see. you We'll say goodbye for now. Bye-bye, listeners. Bye-bye for now. settled down and you left me with nothing. I met the man I wanted. Things happen. You have to bear with me. Nothing and no one then. Do you know how that felt? How long do you bear that? No. Ray made the bid for my loyalty. And you've got your little schoolgirl to fetch and carry for you. Very appropriate. So don't you dare sneer at me. Pride 48 Network.
Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. You've been very busy with all your artwork, haven't you? I have, yes, I have. Yes. Just a minute, this isn't your room, is it? This isn't your house. No, it's not my house, no. Where are we now? We're at Lisa's. Um, like Lisa's house, yes. Well, that's yeah. right. Has mm-hmm. anyone else turning up? Um, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello. Did, did, you, did you enjoy the wedding, Elaine's wedding today? Yes, I did, yes. Oh, it was so, I missed it, I missed it. I'm so, oh, really? I got the, the, the um, invitation to, didn't turn up. Oh, no. I just heard too late. I mean, oh, no, it, it was wonderful. I mean, Elaine looked wonderful and George was so handsome. Yeah, he's, so handsome. He's, he's, he's arranging the, um, the bookings for the Holy Honeymoon. Oh, he is, yes. I hope he yes. keeps Gavin out of the way. I hope so as well. <laughs> yes, we hope so, yes. Oh, it's so, caused uh, a few problems. Everyone's so. coming round to uh, do the filming? Yes, yes, hopefully. Yes. Yeah, because... Uh, I mean, obviously, um, we obviously have to have a, um, you know, what, with, what with the filming and your wedding, we haven't actually had time oh, no. to have a uh, reception party. Have no, we? we haven't. So at least uh, I'll be there for the reception. Oh, yeah. We're yes. not having that till, was it Monday? Or, uh, Monday, uh, yeah. The filming, so yeah. And then you're it. off on the honeymoon on Tuesday. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Metabelia Street, wasn't it? Metabelia Street, your honeymoon? Yeah, yes, it was, yes. Did, yes, you, was. did you like the wedding present I gave you? you I just, did, it's lovely. You, you put it away somewhere I safe? I feel just like Romana now. put it somewhere safe, yes? I have, yes. I've stuffed it down my leg. Who was bridesmaid? Was it, uh, was it, was it? Yeah, Lisa was bridesmaid. Yeah, yes. yes, and of course Gavin was pipe boy. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Nick, was he bouncer? <laughs> yes, he was actually. Yes. Yeah, he threw Keith out several times. Oh, yeah. And he bounced up and down the church telling people which side to go. Oh. Yeah. Well, because he said to me, I saw him on Thursday, he said to me, make sure you're there for the ceremony. I didn't know what he was talking about. I mean, no, you so he, must have his, he must have got his. He thought it was some religious ceremony. Well, I didn't you? know what he was talking about. <laughs> you realised it was a wedding? I thought he was drunk, I thought he was drunk actually. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, just a bit. Oh, some people are arriving. Oh, we better, better, get, better go and meet them. Oh, yes, yeah, right. Oh, so, so how are you, uh, Keith? How are you? Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, fine, okay. Yeah. Uh, the film is getting a bit late, isn't it? We've got to get back to it. It was a bit late, wasn't it? Now, because uh, it's now got 12 minutes, uh, 30 minutes past 10 on Saturday, the 28th of May 1994. You're, you're doing, because I've done the first film, which is wonderful. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, yeah, this one's great. You're doing, you're filming the, thir- the third story, is it? Something like that? Um, yeah, I believe it's the third story. Oh, it's, uh, it's, tight, t- it's called uh, The Tide of Freedom, yeah. Oh, right. And oh, it's right. actually been, I believe it's being actually set in sort of, uh, in, uh, on, on, by the seaside down in uh, Southbourne. Is it going to be directed as, as, as well as this, this one is? Uh, no, it's going to be directed better. Oh, right. That's, well, that's, hopefully. Here's hoping. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it should be. Oh, God, you're OK, though. You're not, you're, you're not ill or anything. You're fine. You're well. You're totally well. Yeah. I haven't seen you for a long time. I just yeah. wanted... Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Right. No problems, no, no. I think we're going to have to... I'm going to have to tell them we're going to have to get, have to get home. I think it's getting late. We're... Yeah, OK, yeah. yeah, OK, yeah. OK, see you later. Five hundred and thirty-two. Five three two. Oh my God! I just had a sandwich. Five hundred and thirty-two.
Shall I switch off or?